Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. And good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter, host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising and Jeff Bell. A year before California's next statewide general election, signature gathering has already begun for what is likely to be another crowded ballot of high-profile initiatives. Yeah, there will be some contentious issues on the November 2022 ballot if the petition drives just getting underway succeed. And one of those initiatives just cleared to begin collecting the roughly one million valid signatures it'll take to qualify for next year's ballot is an educational savings account measure that the state attorney general has just titled the Educational Freedom Act Initiative. It is a landmark measure championed by proponents of school choice. It would give each student in California $14,000 to go to the school of their choice, public, private, or parochial. For more on how this would work and the campaign ahead, we're joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Mike Alexander. He's the chair of Californians for School Choice. Thank you for being with us today. So, so exactly how would this new program work if it's approved by the voters? Thank you for having me. So how would this work if it's approved by the voters? How would it work? All right. Uh, the Educational Freedom Act, uh, first of all, details can always be found in California schoolchoice.org. This uh, Educational Freedom Act has four key features. On demand, it's an opt-in system. An education savings account will be created on request of any parent for their child. Number two, that amount, uh, that account will be held and managed in trust and will be annually credited with that child's share of California education funding under Prop 98. That currently is about 14000 and that will be the starting number uh, uh, once passed. And number three, the parent, not the uh, school or zip code, uh, can uh, choose to direct those trust funds to a participating accredited private school or religious school. And number four, save any money they have left over for college, vocational training, or other qualified expense. Uh, it's simple. It works on demand, and it's paid on demand through an accredited school that is uh, fully accountable and transparent. Mike, one of the arguments against this kind of system is that it would subsidize families who already attend private school and can afford to do so, and then would, in so doing, would siphon money away from public schools. Um, your response to that argument? 
Well, uh, first of all, my view of taxes is that when you get your own money back, you're not being subsidized by anybody. It is, in fact, those parents who are subsidizing the current system with tax dollars that get nothing for it. They pay twice. So I'm not comfortable with that characterization uh, at all. It is true, however, that uh, the students who are currently in, in that system will now be able to get uh, tuition assistance through the trust fund. And many, many of those students, these are not wealthy students. You'll find many poor families in the inner cities who are struggling to pay tuition to keep their children safe and where they can get good quality education. So uh, that, that argument, I think, is uh, specious. I want to talk about what this could do to public schools. How would they be yes. able to improve get even less money than they get now? Well, first, uh, first of all, they're not going to get less money necessarily. That's up to the state legislature. But they, uh, they'll lose second, the ADA. They'll lose well, the ADA. Hang on, let me answer. Uh, uh, you know, I'll explain how that works in a moment. Second, it's not their job to compete for uh, the best students one way or the other, although I'm happy that they want to compete. And right now, what is little known to recognize is that the average per pupil expenditure is over $20,000 per year per student. So there's plenty of money uh, remaining in the system for the public schools to compete, and that's what they will have to do. They'll have about uh, every student who departs will leave about a $6,000 de facto subsidy behind him, plus lower operating costs. Uh, as to, and I think you're going to ask a question about what the financial impact of this uh, bill will be. Was that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, under the uh, the legislative analyst's office, it points out, and in, uh, in it's uh, clear that by adding <clears throat> existing uh, students in private schools and giving them access to their tax money and uh, as well as homeschoolers having access to their tax money as well, that that will increase with the $14,000 mandate, that will increase uh, spending uh, up to about maybe, let's put it at about $5 billion. That's about the median number. But that's only the first year stone. By the time 5 to 10% of the students leave the system, and I think that's a modest estimate, the whole system becomes cash flow positive. And if you look at the end of the title and summary, the Attorney General freely acknowledges that, that, that and the fact that savings on bonds alone will be in the several tens of millions of dollars each year, and over the first five years will probably net out a billion dollars in savings uh, on bonds alone. So it's a complex uh, formula. But uh, we make no attempt to change how the schools are currently funding themselves. We're just saying, hey, look, take any student who wants, give him the $14,000 of his tax money, let him go. Opponents, though, say that, you know, this would gut the public schools. It would hasten the destruction of public education. You'd see schools closed and teachers laid off. Why are they wrong? Well, first of all, uh, you know, know, what does that tell you? That they're, you know, this is ironic. You're going to hear two arguments. Uh, uh, here out there say, well, our schools are doing just fine, even though they're 48 uh, in the nation at, or 42. I mean, figure out which part of the bottom tier that they're actually at. Well, if that's the case, shouldn't they be shut down? 
Shouldn't there be an option for parents to get out of a fitting system? I'm glad to see that they're admitting it. Now, number two, once they have competition, they'll be forced to improve. Now, won't they? Like everybody else. And and when the average uh, uh, parent goes from being a consumer to being a customer, uh, they're going to get treated a heck of a lot better by, by the system. The schools that are going to improve the most are the public schools. They've got the greatest resources. And to hear them tell, tell the tale, they've got uh, uh, the greatest teachers in the world. And I know they got more bureaucrats than anybody else. They ought to be able to get the job done, and they're not. So it's just time to put them to the proof and see if they can compete. All right. Well, thank but you so much. Obviously, a lot more. educate children is not to employ bureaucrats. All right. Obviously, a lot more to talk about on this issue in the days and weeks and months ahead before this goes to the voters next year, uh, assuming it does. Mike Alexander, chair, Californians for School Choice. Thanks for being with us. And of course, we'll have someone from the uh, the opposing point of view, the other side of this uh, debate uh, in the weeks ahead. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available at kcbsradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.